Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. This is Jeff Johnson coming to you live from Upstairs Studio on the phone with me. Heather Shoemaker. There's Heather. Hey, Heather. What are we talking about today? We're talking about (laughs) quiet. (laughs) And she, we're talking about quiet people, and then we were like quiet when we did the introduction. That's so funny. Um... (laughs) So quiet people, what are we talking about quiet people? What 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 about quiet people? Well, I wouldn't categorize or, you or as qu- one of those folks. <laughs> you- but, you know, um, <laughs> there's all kinds of people in the world, and there's all kinds of children in the world, and some families are a lot quieter than others. And I was talking to a family the other day who said that they kept getting, at, at the first grade and kindergarten conferences, the teacher would complain that their child was too quiet, too Um. quiet. And this is one of those labels that a lot of kids, um, not always girls, but a lot of times the quiet girls or just the quiet boys get slapped with very early. Um, And these are often children who are observers, or maybe they're from a culture of a family that that is quieter, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's not big laughs and big voices at home, and they're comfortable being quiet. And yet it be, suddenly it's singled out as a problem. And then the parents worry, you know, oh, my kid's too quiet. Oh, you know, what are we going to do? And um, So first of all, I think a lot of people experience this, and a lot of kids at various times are quiet, and they're doing their learning by being quiet and watching others. And they're going to talk when they're good and ready. Um, so I think we need to trust the kids and also remember the simple and important fact that what the heck is wrong with being quiet? <laughs> yeah, this what? is not a plague. This is not a problem. This is there's. In fact, if more quiet people ran the world, maybe we'd have fewer <laughs> conflicts and wars. And I mean, up with quiet people. We don't all need to be extroverts. We don't all need to get up on stage in front of everybody. Quiet people um, can be amazing. And why should they turn into something that they're not? Yeah, we 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 have this and the other side of that though is a lot of times those those quiet people, those quiet kids, I think there's there's an e- equation in in schools and early learning settings sometimes that quiet equals good. Um uh, yeah. yeah. It, the, Why don't you be quiet like so and so? Yeah. Yeah, the 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 loud obnoxious in your face kid who's always asking questions and and always filling up the space is is uh, takes a lot more energy and the quiet kids are quiet and usually usually the quiet comes with a a less physically robust kind of uh right they're kind quiet of vibe. with their bodies yeah. often as yeah. well as with their voices 
And sometimes, of course, the quiet kids then um, miss out on opportunities or miss out on attention because the ones who are louder and more active with their bodies take up the attention. Yeah, they suck up all so the energy in the room. Sometimes being quiet can be a drawback only because of how adults focus on different people. And if they're quiet, oh, we don't need to worry about that kid. But that also means I don't look at that child. I don't smile at that child. Uh-huh. I don't interact with that child. So quiet is a way of being, and sometimes the child who you see um, in a group setting is only quiet in the group setting, and at home they're dancing around and yelling. Uh-huh. Other times they're quiet in both settings. Yeah. So it, it, it does depend, but um, there's nothing wrong with being quiet. It's not a problem to fix. And have trust that the child will speak when she's good and ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, and participate and be comfortable and maybe get more boisterous when she's good and ready, or he'll always be quiet. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's just who he is, and he's being himself, so why are you trying to change it? Um, I think it's something especially teachers in a more formal school-type setting want everybody to say their name and speak up and be loud and present in front of the group and, you know, everybody participate equally. Yeah, that's but, just that's just not who some of us are. Right. I mean, for a child in a group to say her name uh-huh. can be something that is beyond what she wants to do. I mean, um, maybe somebody doesn't feel like talking. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's it's an acceptance of everybody comes differently, and some people don't like to talk in front of a group, and adults, many adults, don't like to do this. It, if it becomes socially crippling, that's something else. But especially the first day of school, yeah. say going around and saying your name, that can be petrifying. Oh, my God, it used to terrify me. <laughs> I, I, and, and you have no trouble talking now. So well, well, well it, I, and again, you mentioned early, earlier the setting. For me, it's, it's really easy to get up in front of a room full of people and talk about what I talk about, and it's really easy to, to talk doing a podcast but oh man being like social around people it it i i, I just want to go stand in the corner and it's just not my thing um and so sometimes i I've, i kind of do the talky fill up the room thing for work but my my preference is to to not be that and that's kind of who i who i am when i'm not doing doing this and and so there is that that turning it on and off kind of thing in different environments thing and I, right. I've, I've got a big dose of that and a lot of kids you know they're pretty brand new on this earth these uh-huh. children they're they, they've only been around a couple summers and winters and they haven't maybe found out who they are yet and what they're comfortable with and who the people around them are and and it takes a while to develop a, a public persona Mm -hmm. and sometimes when people are not sure about things the best plan is just to keep the trap shut and and watch and see what happens so there's lots of learning to be done and a lot of kids learn just by watching um and taking they may be taking more in than the other kids who are actively talking you know you never know but i think trusting the kids and not considering quiet in itself a problem or also assuming either as a parent or a teacher that this is the way this child will be forever. Yeah. You know, because they might change next month. They might change seven years from now. They may end up with a career on stage, 
you know, uh-huh. as a public speaker, I was considered a very quiet, too quiet child um, in, in school, usually. Up through high school, I was told, you are too quiet. You are too quiet. And I never felt too quiet because at home I could be quite loud and uh-huh. I was always told, <laughs> can't you pipe okay. down? So I knew I wasn't essentially quiet. But I was always surprised that that other people, particularly teachers, considered it a problem and were trying to fix it. How did did you respond to their attempts to fix you? (laughs) I usually got more quiet. (laughs) I remember staring down one teacher who said, you're just too quiet, that's your problem. And I just, I had no words for her because she was so wrong. And who was who was she to tell me who I was? And so I just stared her down, and that unnerved her. So she started talking to somebody else. I didn't say a word. You didn't pull out a steno pad and go through the list of well, here's your problems. <laughs> um, no, uh, hard uh, hard stares, which I think I learned from Paddington Bear. He would always give his enemies hard stares. Um, I, I I perfected that as a young child, and I used to give out hard stares like Paddington. Do, do you still do you still do you still do that? Can you feel it? Uh. <laughs> no, I, I'm not giving anybody a hard stare at the moment. <laughs> I think about, that... uh, not consciously, but I did I did it consciously as a technique to show my disapproval uh-huh. as a child. Oh man! Usually I... of authority figures, teacher people. Just they, sitting they here. Usually just got unnerved by it. Just sitting here thinking about getting a hard stare from from Heather, it, it kind of terrifies me. And I, I just... <laughs> no, it might keep you up at night. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't be able to sleep ago. tonight. <laughs> so how how do we, as parents, as caregivers, as humans, being around other humans in the world, f- be supportive of people who aren't as loud as we'd like them to be? Well, I think the big thing, and this is true of most topics in early childhood, is just relax. It's okay. (sighs) Trust the child. And that is very hard. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, remember that that observer learning is a very valid way of learning, Mm -hmm. and that many kids learn that way, and they may be learning better than the kid who's who's talking their way through everything, or they may be learning equally well. And also, um, I mean, it gets into labels. Why do we even need to say that they're quiet? Uh It's kind of obvious. (laughs) If they're quiet, they're quiet. Um, In some ways, make it uh, uh, be intentional about maybe one-on-one having a nice chat with that kid. It could be a one-sided chat. I've had one-sided chats with quiet children, where you notice something about them um, and then you make a funny, you know, a little joke or a funny remark or you say something else and you just show that you're being friendly, get down on their level, spend a little time with them, maybe do what they're doing. If they're doing Play-Doh, do some Play-Doh next to them. It's it's about building trust and when they want to talk, kids have lots to say. They will share with you, but you can't force it. Um, Trust is a, you know, you have to build it up and next time they see you, they might it might take a little less time for them to feel comfortable with you. Uh-huh. Um, but don't doubt they're don't think they're not smart. Don't think they're not paying attention. Don't think they didn't notice everything you just said to them. They're taking it all in, and whether they choose to speak or not, that's fine. Um, even saying hellos and so on. Sometimes the parents will feel frightfully embarrassed if, oh, you know, Caitlin didn't say hello when you said hi to her. 
and you can reassure people and just say, I know Caitlin will say hi when she's ready mm-hmm. and just give her a smile and say something and, and go on because when it becomes a battle, then the kid is, is, is probably going to um, take longer to do some of these social things or to express an opinion. Um, expressing opinions is a pretty personal thing, and some kids keep them in. Um, and if you're the parent of a child and the teachers say your child is too quiet, um, just think about does your child talk to you at home? <clears throat> you know, do you see any, uh, d- d- does, does he dance around the house and, and seem comfortable? So if, if you don't see that there's absolute silence at all times, night and day, then there's mm-hmm. no problem. Yeah, and I, 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 mean, I think my response to that teacher would be, how, what, what, what does too quiet mean? Or how do, how do you, how did you determine that? Or, or I mean, I'd, I'd give them a little bit of pushback. Why back. do you care? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> is, this, is this something that's bothering you? Like, because we're completely comfortable. Yeah. It sounds like something to make your job easier as a, as a teacher. A, a quiet kid in the, in the room of 35 kids, that's, uh, that's probably uh, just, a, a, just a load off for you. I mean, just chill out about it. Um, right. And there can also be kids who are quiet because they're nervous about something. We, uh-huh. we often talk about fears on this program. Um, and one of the fears I had as a child was one of my teachers had a lot of freckles. She had so many freckles you could barely see her skin because it was just freckles on her face, freckles on her arms, freckles on her legs, just freckles everywhere. Yeah. And as a four- and five-year-old, I thought she had the measles. Ah. Uh. And so I thought I shouldn't touch her because I thought I'd get the measles, uh-huh. and I knew by then it was a disease and you could get really sick and it was bad. And so there could be something about the adult the child is too quiet around uh-huh. that, that they're concerned about. And so just you can always ask a child, is there anything about Mrs. So-and-so that you're worried about? Or, you know, just ask because they may very well have an extremely valid reason why they're not talking. Yeah. I, th- I think sometimes, too, we as the adults fill the space up so much that the quieter, shyer, more timid kids don't have an opportunity to, to come out of their shell, so to speak, because we're taking up all the space and all the energy in the world, in the room. And so when we kind of can pull ourselves back, a little bit, it gives them a chance to to fill up some of that space, and so yeah. And also to remember, I mean, that's a that's a great point. Another thing is that self confidence in a in a group setting doesn't always come through talking. Mm-hmm. It can come through doing things like you know balancing on a on a log or doing some rough and tumble play or exploring through art. You know. A, a quiet child can gain confidence in many physical ways and many other ways, many creative ways. And sometimes doing those actions will give the, the inside of the child a boost of self-confidence, and that's all they need to then um, begin to talk. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't always come through jabbering. Yeah. I think for our, for our early learning people out there, um, we need to take this into consideration when, when we when we think about uh, dealing with parents as well, because there are some parents who who are um, quiet parents, and you you you're trying to build a relationship with them in those hurried moments at the beginning and end of the day, 
And a lot of times we as caregivers kind of have a lot of information to share and blurt out. And that can, that can be kind of overwhelming to, to some people who have this kind of quieter temperament. And, and so being able to recognize that and adjust accordingly can be, can be beneficial in building those relationships, I think. Yep. Which will get us into our next yeah, Renegade Rules broadcast, which is when adults talk too much. And so, in case we have talked too much, I, I got, I got, I got one more to throw at you before we wrap this up. Oh, what about when the? What about? Yeah, I'm, I hope it doesn't end up being too much. What about when that that louder child gets quiet? Um, it does happen. It does happen. Is I mean, sometimes that. That that kind of would set off. I mean, a lot a lot of times it was was when the uh, when the loud, rambunctious, always on the move child, always always uh, banging and clattering child got quiet. It was uh, oh, somebody's getting a sick, or there's something going on at home. So so if the child who's usually not like that starts getting quiet, sometimes there's uh, that's a signal that there's something you need to be paying attention to going on there. It can. It can also. Um, I mean. The joke always is, if it's too quiet around here, something's, something's going on. wrong. Yeah. Somebody's up to something that is no good. or um, And that certainly can be true, that if it is too quiet, you better go investigate. Um, and in, in you're talking about there could be something going on. You might, um, might if, if a child is behaving differently than usual, that's true of whatever their yeah. normal is. But in, in other cases, um, and I have a very loud, active child, um, Sometimes it just means that um, the child is exploring something new, and they're they're having intense focus on um, something, and or exploring something like reading a book that they yeah. typically don't do. Yeah. So it doesn't always have to be a problem. No. But uh, always, you know, it and, and also children change. So who they are now, they may be a different kind of kid in six months. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll be a different kind of kid in six months. It'd be, it'd be, yeah. <laughs> Especially for some of them. Yeah. You're hoping. Like, oh, can we just get through the next <laughs> let's, month? Let's, let's, let's move on. Ne- next developmental stage. Hey, speaking of moving on, we're going to move on from this episode of Renegade Rules. We'll be back next week with another show. I'm sure you can't wait. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.